And that could mean only one thing. It's time for Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. How are you? Oh, it's summertime and the living is easy. Well, that's nice. Are the catfish right. jumping? The cotton is high. Well, that's good. Well, not yet. Not yet. But not in Massachusetts. That's right. Why don't you uh, play George Gershwin's Summertime? I've played it seven times so far. Oh, you mean the original George Gershwin himself? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just being facetious. <laughs> you can play the Brian Wilson version. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he did a, a great version when he, in his uh, Reimagining Gershwin album. Hmm. Yep. I did not know that, I must say. Yeah, he was commissioned by the Gershwin family to finish a couple of songs that George Gershwin uh, left undone. Really? Wow. Yep. And that, then he put him on that album, and it's uh, it's really a cool album. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I will be playing the John Coltrane 10-minute version of <laughs> Summertime. <laughs> After we're off the air, of course. <laughs> anyway, so uh, do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, we've got the ride of the week. It's the Volvo XC60 T5 all-wheel drive midsize SUV, the Momentum version. Okay, and I'll give you the specs on the car. Then we can get into the driving impressions. It's got a... Two-liter turbocharged engine that gives you 250 horsepower hooked up with an eight-speed automatic transmission, and it has all-wheel drive, okay? And the EPA mileage numbers are 21 miles per gallon city, 28 miles per gallon highway for a combined value of 24 miles per gallon, but it does use premium gas. It's spec'd out at premium gas. And uh, cruising around the Berkshires yesterday here in western Massachusetts, I was getting uh, just around uh, what the highway reading was, around 28 miles per gallon. So that, uh, that was pretty cool. It, was, uh, it wasn't the cool green hills, but it was uh, beautiful after a long winter. Hmm. Now, the, the Volvo XC60, it's made in Gothenburg, Sweden, but interesting enough, the parts content is only 20% Swedish, 15% Belgian, and the engine comes from Sweden and the transmission comes from Japan. So an interesting fact there. Mm -hmm. But now, for driving impressions, one, one thing that, uh, you know, we get a car every week and you can get kind of jaded uh, or rather spoiled in what impresses you about a car, but with this car, I think everybody who got in it besides me, even myself, had the same reaction. You open the door and everybody goes, wow, look at that. And Volvo is known for its design, especially interior design, and you open the door and you see the seats upholstered with what they call a city weave. Basically, it's a snappy black and white plaid-like uh, pattern on the seats. So it, it's quite distinctive, and it looks nice. The, the car we have is pine gray metallic exterior. It's got a off-white with the city weave uh, interior seats. So that looks uh, kind of nice. And also in the car, 
when I first got the car, I said, uh-oh, it comes with roof racks. I said, I'm going to have a lot of road wind noise with these roof whack, racks unless I can take them off. And they said, well, Volvo wants you to leave them on. And after driving the car, I know why. You get in this car, and it is quiet, even with roof racks on it. You, uh, you have a nice, quiet ride, and it's uh, comfortable because you have those Volvo seats, and uh, you have a giant touchscreen. It's like over 12 inches diagonal touchscreen. And um, most of the functions are touchscreen functions. There's one dial for the volume and uh, turning on the audio system and another button that you push to get the home screen. But you can learn the touchscreen fairly quickly once you play around with it. So if I had the car, if I actually bought the car and had it for longer than a few days, it wouldn't be that hard to get along with in terms of uh, getting up and running with all the features. And it also has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto for connectivity. And what what I liked in this was, uh, you know, you've got Bluetooth. Everybody's got Bluetooth and everything. But with Apple CarPlay and just I used a USB cable to my phone, plugged it in, and bingo, I was streaming, uh, driving through the Berkshires and streaming Hawaii on the radio, KKCR on the island of Kauai, and it's very easy to uh, to be up and running with that. I don't like streaming in, in vehicles with Bluetooth because you've got to go through. Some vehicles are easier than others, but you've got to go through the pairing routine. And sometimes it's easy, and sometimes it's not. But mm. with this Apple CarPlay and the cable, it was it was straight off. You know, easy to do. Nice. Now, my my only complaint is that there's no AM radio, okay? And uh, here in the Boston area, the most popular station for news and traffic and weather is on AM radio. So I suppose I could stream it, but it seems kind of, uh, uh, you know, a backdoor approach to stream it on your phone, to play on the radio in the local area. But uh, Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah. bit annoying. <laughs> Yeah, what is, so where, where do you get your, where do you get your Red Sox games? <laughs> well, I'm a Yankees fan, so don't, don't tell oh, anybody. Too bad. <laughs> so I have to stream those. <laughs> so, okay, but the Chicago's doing well. The Sox and the Cubs are both at the top of their division. Hey, how about the San Francisco Giants, man? Oh, well, that's number National one league. <laughs> oh, okay. But getting back to the vehicle, <laughs> the ride of the week, just to quickly. Wrap it up. The uh, suggested list price for the basic version is about forty-four thousand, but it's got a cool climate package, which, with ninety-degree weather, you really couldn't try out. But it, which includes heated windshield wipers. So maybe if we get this uh, a Volvo in the winter when it's uh, snowing and slushy and everything, I'd like to try out those. And it, uh, it's got a Harman Kardon premium sound system. The total price. With destination charge and everything is fifty-two thousand, roughly. So that's the ride of the week, the Volvo XC60. All right, very nice. And uh, anything else automotive? Oh yes, 
Okay, our buddies at iccars.com came out with their monthly what are the hottest new cars and what are the hottest used cars for the month. And, uh, you know, this, this cooks with a lot of data, but what I took away from the list of the top 20 vehicles that make the list, besides some luxury vehicles, there are five hybrids on the list. Two plug-ins and three standard hybrids. The, the Hyundai Tucson Hybrid, which debuted in May, is on the list of top 20 vehicles for uh, sales for for the hot-selling vehicles. And the Jeep Wrangler plug-in hybrid, the the Jeep Wrangler 4XE plug-in hybrid, is on the list, as well as the Santa Fe Hybrid. And rounding it out is the Toyota RAV4 plug-in hybrid and the RAV4, the, the regular non-plug-in hybrid. But what's interesting is that Volkswagen has int- introduced their ID4 small SUV, which is all electric, and it's become the best-selling electric vehicle in Europe, and it shows up on the top 20 uh, high-demand vehicles in the U.S., so that uh, interesting vehicle facts there. Also, the the hot the hottest used vehicle is the Mazda Miata, which uh, deal. Let's see. I guess that's the yearning to drive uh, with uh, with a top down over the summer. The, the Miata has jumped into the hottest selling hmm. used vehicle because it's a fun car to drive. Wow. When, when was uh, they don't make Miatas anymore? Do they? Oh, yeah. They do? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't fool me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. do, you, do you have a Musk Minute for us, by any chance? Well, just very briefly, there's uh, not much uh, space news, but he's got some legal action against him, or SpaceX does. The, I think the county and the state of Texas said they exceeded, exceeded their allotment of road closures for their launches or aborted launches or whatever. But I think that's something that uh, will be worked out anyway, I hmm. guess, because, you know, they must like his money down there. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe they were getting upset at his, uh, you know, uh, rockets blowing up, but <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else do you have for us? Okay. We've got, uh, there's some big news in space. As you may know, uh, China has uh, sent three of their, what they call, taikonauts, we would call them astronauts, to their space station to uh, get it up and running and uh, check it out on a three-month mission. And this vehicle is uh, roughly the size of what Russia had up there for the the, uh, Salyut space station. And uh, it's like a large trailer. I think it's 14 feet wide and 50 feet long, but that includes a lot of systems. So for three uh, people to live in there for three months, it could get a little confined, but it is workable. And what's interesting is that Russia announced, oh, just, uh, I think, yeah, it was earlier today that they want to send some cosmonauts to uh, visit the Chinese space station. So that an interesting development there to, to launch those to the Chinese station because the the International Space Station is in an orbit that goes from very far south to very far north, 
but the Chinese station doesn't go as far north or south. The inclination, as we say, to the equator is less. And even in uh, so Russia, in order to launch to that station, would have to use a more equatorial uh, launch site, which they can use in uh, Guiana on the South American coast. There's a, a Soyuz launch pad down there to launch cargo. They can just outfit that launch pad with uh, systems for uh, astronauts and maybe launch from there. All right. Very interesting. Yeah. And uh, what, what else do you have for us today? Okay. Well, speaking of space again, China and Russia have announced a joint international lunar research station, which will be set up between, oh, say, 2024 to 2035. And initially, this is going to be just vehicles, unmanned robotic vehicles that are, will be landed. They haven't picked an area where this would would be uh, established, but they would send robot vehicles down to do various types of research and exploration and to set up energy gathering solar systems and do sample mining and resource management, whatever. And then eventually back in the mid-2030s, they would have astronauts or cosmonauts or taikonauts land there and do research on site. So an interesting prospect, and they also said because it's international, they want to open it up to other countries as well. Oh, that's that's encouraging because yeah, I was wondering how the uh, the politics of that will play out. You know, with uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hopefully, interesting. It, yeah, hopefully it, it it goes toward more international co- cooperation. That would that would be good. Okay, anything else? Oh yeah, we've got. Uh, remember last week we talked about the coming, it seems to be, a supersonic transport race heating up from uh, various companies, uh, such as Richard Branson and United Airlines and so on, and now Japan is getting into the action as well. The Japanese Space Agency and several industrial companies over there announced an initiative to perhaps develop a supersonic transport to go between Japan uh, especially between Japan and the U.S. And uh, they released some concept pictures, and it looks like it would maybe hold, oh, maybe about 50 passengers. At least the concept does. So you'd, you'd have to see how the, this plays out in terms of how big it's going to be, how fast it's going to go, and how economical it'll be, which would be the big thing. Right. right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Okay. More down to earth. Down to earth. Okay. General Motors and a company called Wabtech, which makes locomotives, are developing railroad locomotives powered by fuel cells and batteries. And uh, they claim they can uh, save, uh, you know, 10 to 20 percent at least uh, initially, by coupling battery-powered locomotives with diesel locomotives. And eventually they want to develop fuel cell locomotives, which uh, you just fuel them up with hydrogen and get on your way rather than have to recharge them. Hmm. So we've got an interesting uh, 
development on the rails there, and then we go from rails to sales. Okay, mm-hmm. we going from rails to sale. Michelin, you know them as the French tire company. Mm-hmm. They have developed what they call a wing sail. It, it's basically an inflatable sail that would be a large inflatable sail that could be outfit to new or existing freighters, uh, ocean-going vessels that would use wind energy to augment the power systems on the on the ship. And they claim that with these systems installed, you could get a 20% fuel efficiency in shipping. Now, it uh, they're not pitching this for the the large container ships, but in the oil and gas tankers and uh, roll-on, roll-off ships where you you roll, well, obviously you roll on and you roll off, and then bulk ore carriers or bulk cargo carriers, these would be on the deck. They would inflate. You'd have an, ex- an extendable mast that would go up, and the, the sail would inflate and take advantage of the wind. It'd be computer-controlled. And because it has a telescoping mass, it could fit under the bridges in most harbors. Hmm. And so I uh, presume that this will, again, give uh, savings in terms of uh, fuel. Yep. Fuel and emissions. Right, right. Right. All right. I, these sales, you'll see pictures of it that... Uh, It'll probably the links will probably be posted when we get when it gets posted as the podcast, the Tech Talk podcast on RPMNewsWeekly.com, and the sales kind of look like the Michelin Man, you know, like the, <laughs> the white donuts stacked up. Well, these look like the same kind of they're more like white hot dogs going <laughs> getting bigger and smaller as the sale goes up, and it looks like a sale made out of a uh, hmm. Michelin Man. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh... Not as aesthetically pleasing as the old, uh, you know, sailing ships. <laughs> well, actually, you look at them. No, they they don't look bad, and they look quite huh. modern. Ah, modern, yes, very modern. Yeah, because it's got that, you know, it's got the lines in it that looks like Art Deco and streamlines and oh, okay. whatever. I'll have to take a look at it. All right, do you have well, anything else for us today? No, that's a wrap. That Glad is we a wrap. Get together. Okay. Well, very good. And uh, that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.